Well, the third and final installment of the most comprehensive assessment of the state of the world's knowledge about climate change was released today. The third study from the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change really cast doubt on whether nations can keep global warming well below two degrees Celsius this century, or ideally no higher than 1.5 degrees Celsius. Here's the UN Secretary General talking about the findings of this, this report today. It's time to stop burning our planet and start investing in the abundant renewable energy all around us. Some government and business leaders are saying one thing, but doing another. Simply put, they are lying. And the results will be catastrophic. Some stern words there from UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres. Now, the report says that efforts to cut emissions require a swift end to fossil fuels and an increase in renewable energy, among other measures. The good news is that solutions for reducing greenhouse gas emissions and fighting climate change are available across almost all spheres of human activity, it found. So there's some optimism here. The question, though, is that the limited progress to date means how quickly can it actually be scaled up? Um... And that is the key question. Now, the author of one of those chapters, one of the lead authors of one of those chapters in this new report is a Canadian. Joining me now is, uh, again, the lead author of one of the chapters in this final report. Patricia Perkins is a professor in the Faculty of Environmental and Urban Change at York University in Toronto. Patricia Perkins, thank you for your time. Thank you. I'm glad we're devoting attention to climate change today. Absolutely. Tell me a bit about this. This has been a, this third report is a, is a very interesting one because of the subject matter that it deals with. Uh, but what is the key message coming out of this third report from the, uh, from the IPCC? I think the message, just as with the other two thirds of, of this report, this is the final third of the sixth assessment report coming out this year. And the, the previous one was long ago in 2014. The message is Climate change is pressing. It's urgent. It really needs to be addressed, especially if we plan to meet the Paris Agreement target of no more than 1.5 degrees centigrade of global warming before the year 2050. We have to unite as consumers, as voters, as government leaders, as NGO activists, in all the hats that we wear to address this need for an energy transition away from fossil fuels right away, right away. The other piece of the message is that it's possible to cut human emissions of uh, greenhouse gases by 40 to 70% in the next few years. The, The technologies and the possibility of doing that are in our grasp we know how it can be done. And so this this third part of the report details in uh, incredible, (laughs) many, many pages, many chapters, sector by sector, and also on the demand side, the consumer side, how that can happen and exactly how much, how many gigatons of, of carbon can be reduced from the atmosphere in the next few years, sector by sector. One of the things that's interesting about these pract- about these these reports is that people often judge them without looking at them. Um, how would you tell those who worry about the costs of this transition, the bumpiness of this energy transition? What within the report tries to address some of those some of the recalcitrance that we see around this issue? I think people are afraid about climate change because it's um, it manifests itself in 
quite fearsome ways from the wild wildfires to the floods and droughts that are increasingly happening all over the world. And the impression I think many people have is that, oh, I must change my behavior. I have to cut back. I need to, you know, change my lifestyle in ways that I'm not going to like because there's a worse fear lurking, <laughs> lurking uh, that's going to affect us all. And I think that the, this, this report doesn't come from that place of a politics of fear, but more from a politics that people are innovative, people are creative, local solutions are already being developed. And um, if there is, uh, if there are equity enhancing policies, those are also climate forward policies. If there is participation in government, then the government will be better able to lead the energy transition. We don't need to be afraid of losing our jobs. What we need to be looking towards is the possibility of working in jobs that, that don't lead into a cul-de-sac. So um, I think that the chapter that I worked on, which was about social, social aspects of mitigation, really emphasizes the, the fact that human well-being for all in the world can be provided through services that are uh, generated through low carbon, low emission technologies. And there are, there are bumps, uh, there, are, you know, there are ways to facilitate that through such things as making technology, low, low emission technologies available worldwide, through um, the infrastructure changes that make it possible for people to get where they wanna go, grow food, um, heat their houses, uh, do the things that they need to do in low carbon emitting ways. Those, those are the challenges that we need to address collectively. The one thing you did mention, though, is that is that this is a more optimistic report uh, in many ways. As you mentioned earlier, this, this is not about the politics of fear. This is about the encouragement of change to some extent. What did you find within your chapter that would really be the cornerstones of that optimism? For me, I mean, all my life I've been working on questions of climate justice, environmental justice, and it was really uh, encouraging. And, and um, I mean, I knew that the literature reinforces the idea that equity is an important component, political participation and engagement of people across the, the income levels is important for their social trust and, and ability to, to believe that governments are really looking out for them. But from the economics literature to the psychology literature to the political science literature, all across the, the social sciences, there's just such a strong confirmation that uh, social equity reinforces the capacity and the motivation to tackle climate change, that explicit attention to equity is essential if we want policies that will Take, that take on climate change to be effective and socially acceptable, and that social equity in turn reinforces the capacity to re reduce emissions. Are you optimistic, given the landscape now, are you optimistic that that's going to happen in the time that uh, this report suggests it has to happen in? 
I've been uh, concerned about climate change for my whole career, really. And I wouldn't, I think optimism is, um, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. You have to be hopeful. I think it's more of a social and a political question than a, uh, about, you know, we don't, that there are challenges. We know what the challenges are. We know how to overcome those challenges. The, the hope lies in our ability to work collectively to, to do that. I'm hopeful. Patricia Perkins, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank you very much.